Welcome to Spot on Safety, the program designed for safety professionals. Spot on Safety is brought to you by iWorkWise, providing safety knowledge when you need it. For more information about iWorkWise, go to iWorkWise.com. Welcome to Spot on Safety, Episode 19, OSHA Citations and Penalties, with your hosts, Amy Does and Dan Smiley. Good morning, Amy. Hey, good morning, Dan. So, we've uh, come back to the OSHA Handbook, a basic guide for compliance for uninspected vessels, and we're here to talk about OSHA Citations and Penalties, which I guess is the next step after you talk about... Uh, Inspections, OSHA's been around, they've inspected, and now you're maybe you're in trouble. Yeah, and OSHA has a set way of doing inspections and a set way of processing and delivering penalties. So I think it would be a good idea to kind of uh, give employers out there um, and people who work for companies who might have to deal with OSHA kind of an idea of, you know, the routine that, uh, that OSHA has so, so they know what to expect. Okay, so the OSHA inspector, they've come out to your site, they've, they've been around, hopefully you've walked around with them and not given them free reign of the facility, but they've finished their inspection. What happens then? Well, at the end of the inspection, they're going to have a closed-in conference, they're going to talk about what they found, but they're not going to leave anything in writing. And this often frustrates people because they either want to get started kind of fixing the things that the inspector brought up, or they kind of want a heads up of what's coming. And um, the, the citations, you don't get anything in writing, and your citations, in fact, get mailed to you. And it could be months later. They can have this case open for for six months before five months and uh, 29 days before you get your citation. Usually it doesn't take that long, but it's pretty common where you wouldn't see any citations or anything in writing from OSHA for a month or more. So um, finally, you know, you go through the inspection and, and – uh, you kind of just table everything for a while, and you wait till you get the, your certified letter. Um, and these days, they're they're often sending an email first, and you get gives you a chance to think about it. And you, then you get your certified letter, and you've got to deal with this right away, because um, your citations will become law in 15 days, and whatever penalty they ask for, they get. So you have 15 days to have a, a conference. Uh, to ask for an informal conference and to have the informal conference to talk to that OSHA area director, who's probably the inspector's boss, um, and maybe even the inspector, and kind of talk on the phone or in person and uh, negotiate these citations a little bit. It's real common to to uh, to negotiate them. In fact, it's uh, I think it's foolish not to, because often things are a little more complicated and or the citations aren't. Um, 100% fair, and you know you have inspectors who go in a lot of different places, and maybe you know your place the best. So often they don't line up with reality 100%, and so OSHA has incorporated this informal uh, settlement kind of agreement into the process. So that's pretty good. But but you gotta as soon as you get that that uh, certified letter, you're, the clock is ticking, and. Um, you, you got to move to have those discussions and offer your proofs and kind of negotiate everything. 
So anyway, you, you open up the envelope and you, you get a list of, uh, of what they think you did wrong as an employer and uh, how much it, they suggest it will cost you. So is there, is there some burden of proof involved? They have to have you know, photographs or documentation? What is it that I need if I'm going to go back and refute their findings? Well, it depends what kind of citation it is, and there's there's basically two um, main types, and that is a citation of a specific OSHA regulation. So if they named, let's say, 1910-134, the respirator standard, um, then their burden of proof is they have to show by a, a preponderance of the evidence that, one, the cited standard applies, two, you didn't, you failed to comply with that standard. Uh, three, employees had access to that, that dangerous condition. And four, you either knew about it or you should have known about it. If you, if you uh, exercised reasonable diligence, you would have been aware of it. So they have to show those four things in order to uphold a uh, citation of a particular regulation. Now, if you get cited, uh, if OSHA doesn't have a standard that applies directly, they could also cite you under what's what's known as the General Duty Clause or 5A1 of the OSHA Act. Um, and their burden of proof for that is a little bit more rigorous. Um, and they use a 5A1 citation if they really feel like something dangerous was happening and it was serious, um, but they don't have a particular line item regulation that really covers it. Um, so in order to prove that, they have to they have to show that the condition or the activity presented a hazard, that the employer or the industry recognized it, that it was likely to cause serious physical harm or some kind of uh, serious injury or illness, and that there was a way to fix it, some kind of feasible means of abatement um, where you could either reduce this hazard or eliminate it, and you didn't do it. So depending on the category of citation, um, they have to show all those things. So um, that's that's good because as an employer, if you're prepared and you know that, um, and maybe you have something that you don't think should be a citation, those are good um, talking points to uh, go over with the area director. How many employers are really in a position to make to argue these themselves? Are, are you ever asked to come and help people argue these points against OSHA? Oh, yeah, I do it fairly often for the people I work with all the time. Um, I think that people shouldn't be afraid to do it on their own if uh, if they have good points to make. I think that it's always a good idea to to argue common sense and bring everybody back to that. And if they feel like it was unfair, they probably can whip up a good argument. Um, I help out a lot because, you know, I'm kind of in the details and nitty-gritty of these regulations, and so I can um, – you know, with that experience, I can kind of sometimes uh, bridge between the employer and OSHA and try to, you know, make sure we all are happy with how it ends up. So if uh, now I've got my citation and I've got my my 15 days are up and I've done whatever I can do, and now they're going to levy penalties against me based on those violations, what can I expect? Well, they have a... Uh, OSHA has a penalty structure. They can't randomly assign numbers, really, to your citation. Um, 
So your penalties are going to be based on basically the, the uh, how serious the violation is, or they have a, they have a number of categories. So um, probably the, the most lenient category is called de minimis. And usually for de minimis violations, there's no penalty at all. And that means that, yeah, you violated something OSHA said um, that was a regulation, but no one, that, re, that violation wasn't going to hurt anybody, period. Um, so you don't see those that often. I wish they would actually use that category more um, because sometimes you have a technical violation, but maybe the company has done something different to ensure safety that's even more effective. So de minimis violations are used in those cases. And so your penalty for that would be zero um, if, you can, if you can get those or turn, turn one of your violations into that. The next kind of least expensive category, um, and if we go on escalating uh, order of penalty size, um, is the other than serious. And the penalty amounts were changed in the past year, year and a half. Um, so now they're, they're more expensive than they used to. But the other and serious violations are something that would probably, some condition that would not cause death or serious physical harm, but it would cause probably an injury. And the penalty can be up to a maximum of $7,000 for each violation. But the amount um, that they actually charge you is completely discretionary. So these can be adjusted down by even 95%. So if you get a citation for $1,000 um, and you talk to the area director and he really sees your point, it could end up at $50. I mean, they can adjust it down that much. It's also important to note at any point in any of these citations, if they just aren't true or if OSHA doesn't feel like really they have the evidence to, to prove it, they can throw them out as well or dismiss them. But the but, key is that you need to argue, you need to come up and, and raise the question. Otherwise, it'll sail through as is. Right. Yeah. If you don't do anything, they'll sail through as is with the full penalties and everything going on your record into the future. So, yeah. So you have your de minimis, which is nothing. Um, you have your other than serious, which is more is discretionary and it's not going to result in serious physical harm. And then you have the category where most of the violations fall into, or um, probably the majority, and that's the serious violation. And the serious violation is, is uh, there's substantial probability that death or serious physical harm could result from the condition and that you knew or should have known about the hazard. Um, you, can, you have a um, $7,000 maximum on a serious, um, but it can't be less than $500 no matter what. Um, there's less leeway really given within OSHA to reduce the serious violations. Um, all violations can be reduced for a series of things, um, including the size of the company, uh, what they call employer's good faith, your history of pre previous citations, how serious this, this violation really was, how, how deadly it really was. Um, so those are things that the area director has probably factored in already to your penalty structure, um, but sometimes they don't factor it in completely. So you can say, hey, we fixed it right away. You know, we're, we're really, we didn't have many problems. We haven't had problems with OSHA before. Can you reduce this? And off, often they can. Okay, so after serious violations, where do we go? Well, 
you start getting into a, the the more extreme category of violations where you see um, you see those gigantic two million dollar fines or twelve million dollar fines or whatever um, that are issued by OSHA, and those really come from a um, couple different categories. One is uh, willful, and the willful violation means that you you knew there was a hazard and you didn't do anything about it, and they know it. So you had warnings. There's there's documents. People, your employees, you know, have told you a hundred times, and then somebody got hurt. Um, and you see these willful violations often. If if there's a fatality um, involved, they'll, they'll um, you know try to make the violation serious. Or with process safety citations, um, where where maybe they've come in before OSHA's come in before, so they know you know, but you never really did anything about it. So willful is a category where the penalties can be up to $70,000 um, for each violation. So, And you don't get any credit for good faith on a willful. So there's less room to uh, reduce anything. So if, if the willful violation directly resulted in a death, um, you can have a court-imposed fine. Uh, you can go to jail for up to six months. Uh, um, and the the fine can even be to an individual uh, for $250,000 or $500,000 for a corporation. So there, once you get to the willful category and, and if, if somebody dies, you're, you're really into a, a serious area with uh, your penalties. I don't want to be the guy who wrote in his email, yeah, we don't have the money to fix that. We're going to let it go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you, you definitely don't want to be in that seat. So there's, there's another category, Dan, too, of, of well, something a little less than willful, but um, they're uh, repeat. And it's along the same lines, you know. Um, but if it's OSHA came in and they gave you a citation um, and then they come back and on their next inspection, you have the same thing wrong. On those ones... Uh, OSHA can give you a, a repeat, and those can be up to $70,000 a piece. And one thing that's changed recently is it used to be a three-year window, so your inspections had to be, you know, within three years of each other. Um, and after three years, those inspections would fall away, and they wouldn't be considered repeats anymore. Um, but now that window has expanded to five years. So you have a longer time um, where you're in danger of, of risking a repeat. So what OSHA is really saying in this regard is once they, once they come out there and they do their inspection, you better fix it. And the other interesting thing about repeat violations is it's not just that one facility or vessel or plant. It's the whole company. So if you receive a citation on a, uh, let's say, a, a vessel uh, within a company and you have 10 other vessels, if they find that same problem in the next five years on any one of those other vessels, it becomes a repeat. So the citations double, triple, they can go up five or ten times for each time they find it, find the particular problem they found before. That must be low-hanging fruit for them. If they've cited you for it in the past, it's what they're going to be looking for on their next inspection at the next facility. Oh, I sure would be. And, uh, you know, they just don't have that many resources, so they have to get people to, uh, to treat them seriously. So it kind of makes sense. So once we've, we've 
had these uh, penalties levied, what's the process for getting adjustments made? Well, um, the uh, basically you set up your informal conference with that area director. You talk through these things. You negotiate with them. You try to come to some kind of settlement agreement. Um, and if you can, then they send you a revised uh, citations. They send you revised citations, and you uh, accept those and pay that revised penalty and um, abate those citations the way that you have agreed to. Um, and that's it. So an uh, abatement certification and a check is all that's in order. If you can't agree, um, then you got a, a different problem, and then you have to file a notice uh, to contest. And that notice to contest goes to the next level, which is in the court system a little bit more. You go between uh, in front of judges, um, basically, and OSHA makes their case, and you make your case in that situation. Sometimes there's mediation before that. Um, but you can go all the way to the Supreme Court before you're done if you want to. I suppose if the fines are big enough or if enough people died, that could be worth it to you. Yeah. Yeah, there's been some interesting cases in the news where, where companies have gone uh, through, through the whole system trying to fight the citation. With a big company, if you're cited for something that you feel is unfair, um, you have a lot of exposure. I mean, if you take uh, some chain, big chain stores or something, how many how many stores do they have in the United States? And if they get that citation again at another store, um, let's say they have 2,000 and they're open for repeats for the next five years, it's going to be a disaster for them. Um, also, if it's just something that they just can't fix, then, then they, there's no end in sight. So the takeaway here is make sure that you uh, respond to that notice within the 15 days. Uh, be prepared to, to argue any penalties that have come up because that's your only hope of getting them reduced. And be proactive on taking care of citations that you have received so that you don't end up with repeated violations. Oh, yeah. There's another category, too, is if you don't take care of the abatement, if you don't fix the things the way that that uh, you've agreed to, and OSHA comes in as a, in a follow-up, uh, the penalty for that could be up to $7,000 every day that that hazard continued to exist. So they, they have a, anyway, that's kind of the hierarchy of it, and they have a, a structure, and it's predictable, and it's something people can just um, get to know and uh, work within that and work with OSHA to to come to a good resolution. Um, one thing we've seen is are sometimes people are getting put into this a new category, which is called uh, severe violators. And there's there's a, it's called the SVEP, Severe Violator Enforcement Program that OSHA recently unveiled. Um, and they're, the purpose of the program is to increase in, enforcement attention on employees who have demonstrated indifference to OSHA. So um, you, if you end up having repeats and you're maybe in a, a process safety type of business, um, you could get thrown into the severe violators program and um, then you get a lot more attention from OSHA a lot more often and sometimes have to come up with lengthy agreements uh, even over years to make sure that uh, you have everything fixed before they, they'll go away. 
So is this so. a response to like large companies who've decided it's cheaper to pay the fines and fix the problem? Yeah, it it might be. You know, I don't know for sure, but it it uh, fits nicely with that, and it's in those kinds of they're focusing on industries where you can harm a lot of people, maybe not just one, but um, maybe many people could be killed or injured, like in a refinery. Excellent. Any last comments before we wrap up on this topic? Uh, no, that, that's it. I, you know, I hope that's helpful to people and, and uh, gives them a little bit of feeling like they can handle it when they get their OSHA citations and, and uh, work through the issues. Just, just uh, don't ignore that. It's not a good idea to, to ignore certified letters from the government. So um, once, that, once you get that, you're on that timetable, and it's really in your best interest and you can save your company a lot of money and hassle if you um, do have that informal conference and uh, work through the issues with OSHA. Good advice. As always, thanks for joining us, Amy. We appreciate the advice. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Spot on Safety. If you'd like to ask a question or leave a comment, you can email us. The address is spot on safety at iworkwise.com.